leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me. Now tonight we go to Wales, Kielder Forest, Scotland um, and Thetford Forest. If I can remember, bringing lots of reports from the wild camping encounters. And the, some of these reports are new and you won't have heard them before. Now, camping and the outdoor leisure is making a very real comeback here in the UK, which is wonderful to see. The camping and caravan clubs numbers have doubled over the last few years. As many people realise the beauty on their doorstep, they want to get out and visit our national parks and areas of natural beauty. Sadly, with the increase in numbers, the prices at the campsites are also soaring, which leaves the only other real option open to some is to wild camp or to sleep in their vehicles overnight and move on to a new area tomorrow or the next day. Now, many of our rural parks can be havens of safety when caught out in an area that you're just unsure of. There are many farmers and landowners now bridging the gap by allowing people to pitch on their fields and land for a small fee in exchange for some home comforts to make your stay a bit easier. But this doesn't suit everybody, myself included, sometimes. Sometimes it's solitude you're after when you settle on your newest favourite spot in the wilds. Waking up to the sunrise with the kettle, while the kettle boils is an absolute pleasure after a week of town living and all that comes along with that. And the only thing demanding your attention is the view and the sound of the birds coming awake as you both watch the sunrise. And as the increase in wild camping continues to climb, so do the reports made by the people out in these lonely places. The quiet country laybys or the forestry track in the woods, alongside our rivers and streams, are people who report seeing the strangest of creatures, lone figures, impossible to explain. But there, nonetheless, who do you share the experience with? Who do you tell? As our next witness can attest, not all people are accepting of your encounter and some merely scoff. Being a person who is not believed on a daily basis, I can understand the frustration it brings. Having to validate yourself on a continuous basis is just frustrating. Speaking to other people who have experienced a similar situation to you can make things a little easier. The lady who made this report is an outdoors kind of girl like myself. She walks the woods, she enjoys nature and from time to time she enjoys the solitude of our national parks at night when all the visitors have returned home or to their holiday accommodation. Although it's within the daytime, like most of our tourist areas, Snowdonia can be full of people. But at night, the, ma- the park takes on a whole new majesty. I love to visit Snowdonia in Wales and I like to try and stay close to the National Trust Centre at Snowdonia because it's quiet. It's a very scenic area. There are no noisy people around screaming and I can go for a walk in all directions. There's one specific spot where I prefer to park until I saw something there early one morning and now park elsewhere. On that day, I parked in my chosen spot for the night, which is a lay-by just below 
Trifan at Hlyn Ogwin. I hope I've pronounced that right. On the night of the 4th of October 2018. This is the car park below. I parked my van facing the mountain directly opposite where you drive in from the A5 road. Where the black car is parked, on the Google Street View image there, is where I park, but my front windscreen was facing the mountain. Ironically, where the no camping overnight sign is. The night this happened, there was a medium-sized white camper van parked at the top left of the car park facing my direction. And in the bottom right-hand corner of the windscreen facing the road was a red standard five-door hatchback, I would say. In total, there were only three vehicles, including mine, parked up that night. Now, the weather was really bad, and the wind and the rain had been battering and shaking my van all night. And it got so bad, and the rain so loud, that I feared my van might blow, blow over. The gusts were so strong. I woke up at 3.30am. 5th of October, in, unable to sleep with the noise of the wind and the rain, so I just laid there hoping the wind would stop. And I tried to go back to sleep, but it was useless. The weather was getting worse and worse, not better. So I decided now, at around 4.30am, to get up and possibly drive to Bangor and park up there somewhere safe for what remained of the night. I still had my pyjamas on, and I climbed over into the front driver's seat and watched the heavy rain roll down my window. It wasn't pitch black outside, there was a small amount of light and I could see the red car in the far right corner. As I was looking at the red car, I saw a movement on what I can only describe as a large, tall, dark coloured figure stood near the rear passenger door on the driver's side of the car. As soon as I saw it, I believe it also saw me looking at it and it began to run. As if it was running off. As it was running off, there was a flash of lightning that lit up the whole car park, which showed the figure as a solid thing. I noticed the top half of its body looked to be a lighter in colour than the bottom. It ran towards the opposite edge of the car park, towards the mountain. Now, this event all happened within seconds, and I'm unsure at this point if it vanished into thin air or if it ran up the mountain, as there's a small wire fence containing barbed wire in the way. I was so scared that I started up the engine and drove the hell out of there, all the while thinking, what the hell was that? What the hell was that? It took me weeks before I felt comfortable enough to revisit and to park in the immediate area. I parked in the same spot twice over winter, and both times I didn't feel comfortable, and I sat scanning the mountainside for any movement or possible person shape before settling down each night. If I went to visit Snowden, if I want to visit Snowden, I now park in the lay-by right next to the lake, along with other vehicles that have always parked there at night. But even so, I still sit in the dark and scan the area for any movement before settling down. What I can tell you is that I didn't see its face. It had a head, two arms, two legs, and it ran upright, but in a slightly hunched fashion. The top of half of its body was lighter in colour than the bottom half. It looked to be at least seven feet tall, but I cannot be 100% sure. It may have been taller, but I knew that its waist was almost as high as the roof of the car that it was standing close to. I have no idea what it could possibly have been. I have told two people since the event. One laughed and said, it must have been a shadow or your imagination, because you may have been scared due to the dark or the weather conditions. 
I pointed out that actually I wasn't scared of anything, shadow or otherwise, until I saw that figure. And the other person laughed when I mentioned it and had the stupid grin on his face when he said, you think it's Bigfoot? <laughs> to which I said, no, it may have been a ghost or something else. I told nobody else because I can't deal with any more moronic comments. I recently went camping around the Loch Ness area and I found myself scanning the woods for anything unusual as I'm now nervous about being in the woods alone. Don't get me wrong, I still go for walks and I love it, but it keep, I keep my wits about me now, just in case. On two separate laybys with dense woods at the side, I noticed what could have been possible stick structures, so I decided not to stop there and I drove straight on. One was uh, close to Aberdeen and the Cairngorms, that kind of area. As I said, I keep my whips about me now. And when I'm out walking and I look for anything unusual or things out of place in the woods, I am now that aware of my surroundings that I saw an orange red eye watching me in the forested area on the South Loch Ness Trail, which I believe is a day in thick brush keeping its eye on me as I'm walking by. I didn't have my zoom camera on me on the day. The lens, I didn't have my zoom lens on the camera. So I had to take a photo at a distance. If you look at the middle of the frame, you can see the deer's eye. It's glinting, which caught my attention, and I watched it for a while. The photo below is a crop version, but it's just to show how a little bit of fear can make you more aware of animals around you. Now, I couldn't agree more with this lady's comments. And Once you've seen something impossible, it throws everything you know up in the air and you have to kind of scramble to find normality again. Your world's changed in an instance, never to be the same again, if I'm honest. You see something that cannot exist, something declared as myth and legend. Yet it's there, right in front of you. And if you look at it, it's running in the opposite direction away from you and not advancing towards you. In the flash of a lightning strike, two worlds collide, both caught out in the bright light. Where do you go to report this? How do you have a conversation about this over lunch or coffee or a pint at the pub? There are so many people out camping that I doubt these reports will slow down. In fact, it seems to me the opposite will happen. These accounts are increasing daily. Here are some of the other accounts from the area are from people camping here in the UK. Thetford Forest, figure in the dark, and something crossing the lane. June Leftovers? Or... The DMV? Or... House cleaning? Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers? Or? The DMV? Number 97. Or? House cleaning? Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In 2017, I live quite close to Thetford Forest and I have over the years had a couple of strange experiences 
whilst out in the forest itself, and I wanted to share them with you. My first experience happened, and the first thing that happened to me happened when I stayed outdoors overnight by the little Oosh River. We canoed upstream from Sandton Downham until we reached the weir in the River Gaging Station. We drifted back downstream a little to a suitable location to pull a canoe out of the water uh, with suitable trees to set up our hammocks for the night. We walked until we were far off the beaten track and decided we would set up camp for the night in the spot we'd found. It was about 2am when we settled into our hammocks to get some sleep. All was quiet at first and then we both heard slow and deliberate movement that approached the camp and us. We both asked each other at the same time, is that you? And we both answered, no, I thought it was you moving. We remained silent and the sounds of the footsteps circled us before slowly walking away. Whatever it was, it was walking around and it would pause if we made any kind of noise and then it would start up again if we were quiet. In the first light, we could clearly see the trampled down tall grass and the route that it took to and around us before continuing along the riverbank. Now, there's no path along the river where we stayed, only tall grass and very vicious stinging nettles that could sting through your jeans. It was all really strange. Someone had walked up to the camp and walked slowly around the hammocks with enough noise that we could hear them and then off again along the river. And as we paddled back in the morning, we went over what we'd seen and heard to try and work out what or who it could have been. It could have been a person. I find it strange that they'd be walking along an overgrown riverbank in the dead of night with no torch or light to guide them. How did they manage not to trip over or fall into the river and not to react to being stung by the nettles? The only thing we could think of was it had to walk upright on two legs. And this is based on the sound of the footsteps that we could hear and the tracks in the long grass and nettles. Plus, I have a good night vision and we were aware of our surroundings. I don't think either of us wanted to say exactly what we thought it could be um, in case it put either of us off bushcrafting in the forest. Neither of us felt scared or unsettled at any time while whatever it was investigated our camp. I remember taking um, a report in Holcombe that's very similar to this. Now, the second account happened in the morning of Sunday the 25th of June 2017. I got up early and decided to take my dog for a good long walk through the forest. I parked my car down a forest track that was right of way with vehicles access permitted. We set off as normal, birds are singing, cool air, warm for the sun, just detectable on the skin, a perfect day. My dog normally walks about two or three metres in front when off the lead and she just seemed to think that all creatures in the forest are potential playfriends. She's also friendly to other people and dogs and she barks or yaps excitedly to engage the other dogs to engage to chase her. I like to think I know her barks and their meanings quite well by now. Now the walk goes well with nothing out of the ordinary. We go by a potential overnight bushcraft location and I see a woven willow or haven screen had been erected at a spot that overlooks the railway line and the Little Ouse River. The screen has about four rectangular apertures at varying heights, as if for binoculars to be used through it. It's too far off the beaten track and marked trails to be for the average visitor. The grass is not trodden down near it, so it's not been used too much yet. And we carry on and take a shortcut back to the car. 
I put the travel harness on the dog and clip her in. and start the car and I slowly head down the track to exit the forest. I have the windows down to enjoy the breeze and smile at my dog with a head hanging out the window. And all of a sudden her head appears between the two front seats and she's staring at something up ahead. Nothing I say or do will break her stare, so I begin to scan the track and verge ahead for a person, or a dog, or a deer, perhaps. I'm aware she's now stood up and is leaning forward, as if to get a better look, or to be up in the front of the car. I can't see anything out of place up the track ahead of us, but I do slow down to a crawl, just in case something should run out in front of us. All of a sudden, she starts barking at full volume. Now, this is not her normal greeting. It's so much deeper and more powerful. In between each bark, she now growls and her top lip is curled back, showing her teeth. In the five years I've owned her, she's never, ever displayed this behaviour. I stop the car and I try to reassure her all is okay. And she does all she can to keep looking ahead with snarls and growls and deep, powerful barking. I like to think I know my dog well. But this did unsettle me. I decided to carry on driving in the hope of passing whatever's causing her to be so agitated. By now, she's pulling against her harness and I've never heard the sound she's making before. I've also never seen her so agitated and focused on what she's decided is a threat. I keep scanning the track ahead and verges, but I see nothing out of the ordinary. As I'm driving, I try to keep an eye on her and try to see a turn and face whatever it is when we pass by, but I also keep one eye on the track ahead. For a moment, I consider turning the car around and leaving the forest for the long way out to avoid whatever is the cause of this agitation. Up ahead, coming out of the verge of tall grasses and bracken and nettle, is something I can see now moving from left to right. Its movement looked fluid and deliberate. My first thought was a vehicle of some type. But the idea is quickly dismissed as how would it fit through the trees and who would it be? Before I can get a better look, it's crossed the track and I could no longer see it. I did not get a chance to have a good look and see any detail because of the distance and speed. As it crossed the track, it was grey, brown in colour, with no sharp or defined outline, such as a vehicle would have. My man's trying to match the image with what it could possibly be. My dog's still growling and snarling and barking and we passed the spot where it crossed and I could see a pattern of the bracken and grass but not like a deer trail that's not clearly defined. My dog is now facing the way this creature has gone. Her hackles are up and she's snarling and growling and deep barking in a wide defensive stance. She then faces out the rear, still barking, until we get to the main road and head home. I still have no idea what crossed that path and upset the dog so much, but she has never acted this way before. I was meant to be spending the night while camping in the forest close to this sighting area, but I have decided to give it a miss for the time being. I will bring my dog on the lead dog with me for two reasons. Firstly, for company, and secondly, to see if she reacts and gives me a warning to remove myself or her from the area. Now, as I said, as I was telling you that account, I actually remember one from um, Holcomb Moor, which is up at the top of the airwell, and it was a homeless gent who had nowhere to stay, but he had a camp, uh, a tent, and he set up camp, and he said that over numerous nights, something two-legged that was incredibly heavy would come in to his tent, uh, his camp, and walk around his tent 
and he had a dog with him. He had a Staffordshire Bull Terrier with him, and he said that the dog would cower in the tent with him rather than bark and react to whatever it was outside, and that absolutely terrified him. And he said he was so scared that he went um, down into the town and just slept on the streets through the winter. Can you imagine being that frightened that you give up the only home that you have? And where do you go with that? You know, who do you tell? And Willingham Woods figures and whoops happened in 2007. Uh, we were camping in Willingham Woods and we were keen bird watchers. And on the first night of camping, everything was fine. On the second night, we were startled by a loud screech or a howl. Not a noise we've heard before. I asked my husband what bird it was making the noise, but he had no idea. We left the tent to have a look and it was about 3am. It was very quiet and still out there. We looked out of the tent off to my left, about eye to eye with myself. I saw some greenish eye shine. Well, that settled it for us. It was dark and my husband explained it was probably just an owl. At that point, the owl stood up to about seven feet in height and started to walk off away from us. We packed up at 6am and we would not be returning. Something in the shadows throwing things. This happened in the Chilterns in May 2017. Hi Deborah, I've followed your page etc for a while. And to be honest, I've always found Bigfoot in the UK a bit of a push to believe. But I'm very open-minded and I'm quite well known in big cat research in the southeast. I have camped out in many places overnight and spent days out in the woods in the search of Britain's large cats. I know the diverse habitats in the UK. And I understand how large, intelligent animals can stay hidden from people and thrive quite easily. I'm used to bushcrafting in nature structures, and they, even I am finding things I can't explain. Like the night in question. I'm not claiming it was a wildman or a cat. I'm simply stating some very strange things happened that night that I cannot explain. I'm curious though. Because about five months ago, I had a very scary experience while solo camping over some baits in the valley trying to film big cats. I'd set all this up earlier and I was just waiting in the hope of luring something in. I'd settled down at camp by the fire and I sat quietly and I noticed I wasn't alone anymore. At first, I just sensed it. After a while, it seemed like something would approach me to within perhaps 20 metres of the camp and go back again. I could hear sticks and ground movement and I actually thought something was throwing things in my direction. It really sounded like something was throwing branches to get my attention and whatever it was, it stayed just out of sight of the firelight. There were no lights and when I'd shine my torch to the area I thought the sticks were coming from, nothing could be seen. It was very strange and at first I thought somebody was having me on. It's a long walk back there and back for a prank. But I was certain someone was there. I would actually shout out to it and bark at it with my best dog impression, hoping to scare them away. I kept thinking it was poachers. Eventually it all stopped and went quiet. So I settled down for the night. Later that night I heard a huge bang, like crash. And I thought it was a gunshot. But thinking about it now, I think it was a tree limb being whacked against a tree. I got up and ran out of there. I went back to get my stuff the next day. Camp was fine, nothing had been touched. I should add, I was camping in the Chilterns and was in a place called Mantles Wood near Missenden, Buckinghamshire. I lived very close to there and I actually found a sighting of a hominid about 20 miles away uh, a good 20 years ago. 
Bushcrafting in Helsome Forest, a night of stalking and shadowing. Hello Deborah, I wanted to get in touch with something happened today whilst I was out bushcrafting in Hensel Forest. There have been reports in the area of big dog attacks on local livestock, leaving many farmers worried. It's an area I like to camp out in. The forest is dense and thick with spruce. I often visit this area and I know the usual animals, terrain and noises. So I set up camp in local spruce today with the aim of making myself some lunch and just relaxing in nature's banquets. I love the outdoors and I like to forage whenever the opportunity arises. It was about an hour into the camp and I was having a good time by the fire, doing some carving and making some food. I was waiting for a friend to join me when suddenly the mood changed and I felt like I was being watched. I couldn't shake the feeling. I looked up to see a shadow move quickly from tree to tree. I thought it was my friend playing tricks on me, but alas, as it turns out, it was not. I kept watch and nothing happened. My friend didn't walk in. The feeling didn't shift. It felt like someone was in the trees and would pop out and shout, people, at any moment. I kept waiting and nothing. Then in the opposite direction, the first shadow, about ten minutes after it, another shadow darted across the woodland. This movement was in the trees, so I couldn't make them out clearly. I was convinced it was my friend who should be walking in at any moment. We had the same coordinates and both walked in a taped mark out route in the area and we had set a plan for this and we normally communicate with a whistle so we can meet up. Whoever gets in first sets up camp. So I kept waiting for him to finally come out of the trees laughing or at least hear his whistle or him trampling in and it didn't happen. In the end I just got on with making camp. I then felt being the watch sensation again. I wasn't looking into the trees at this point and my head was down blowing into the fire. I just could not shake the feeling I was being watched from within the trees. I'm used to animal noises and fleeting quick glimpses. Animals move swiftly in nature and it's rare that they'll cause enough noise or put the hands too close to humans as if they can help it. When my friend proceeded to meet me, he said he'd been following the path which we'd marked with tape and the colours went red, white and green, which then led straight to the camp. He told me that he'd passed four trees in the red zone, when all of a sudden the atmosphere changed and he started feeling as if he was being stalked. By this point he had to locate the next tree, which in a dense pine forest very difficult, and he got, began to walk faster towards the camp. He described the immediate feeling of danger and said that branches were snapping, as if someone or something was making a run at him. He sped up and began to sprint towards the camp while simultaneously blowing the whistle to locate the exact spot where I was set up. This whole time he was hoping it was me playing tricks on him, but I was at camp hoping he was playing tricks on me. We didn't speak about it till we got home and we were both a bit shaken up knowing it wasn't each other. He described a similar feeling to mine and knowing that you're being watched but not knowing who or where the feeling is coming from. So I presumed he would come in and mention at least how clever he was at scaring me but he didn't say anything to me. He explained after that he'd made it into camp and as I didn't say anything he decided to say quiet also so not to freak me out. I must add though that we both felt safe beside the fire. 
Now, as you know, we have lots and lots of accounts up in the northeast, and Kieldot is one of those areas. And I was really looking that Val Wanderer sent me some accounts over from people that got in touch with him. And this is one of them. A few months back, I decided to do a stealthy motorbike wild camp up at Kielder Forest. Nothing fancy, just a tarp and a bivy for cover. I settled in for the night, and about midnight, I heard something moving around. I wasn't mistaken. Something large was crashing around me in the undergrowth. Every time I shone a light in direction of the crashing, crashing sounds, they stopped. I'll be honest, I was scared. And I've included the video so you can see what I mean. It didn't put me off camping, but I'll be more wary when I'm out from now on. Now, late November 2012, I decided to do another night camp. The other week in the same area, up near Kielder Water. Just not as wild as last time, but wild enough. I was in the same spot I used last time when I heard the crashing. As the evening went on, thankfully nothing happened, and I settled down expecting to sleep until morning. Then at around 3am I was woken by my tarp being dragged off the roof. Something or someone had pulled my tarp right off the roof and it was a still night. There was no wind to speak of and no reason for the tarp to come off. I had tied it the way I always do and it never happened before, even in bad weather. It scared the crap out of me to be honest. I didn't want to move but I needed to make a call of nature and I was going to have to go out there. Standing there, in the misty gloom where I had torch on, I caught a pair of eyes about 50 feet away. I thought it was just a fox or a cat at first, but then the eyes started to come closer to me, which is unusual behaviour for a fox or a cat. I just jumped back in my bivy and tried to get some sleep. It wasn't easy, but I managed to in the end. I've been to the peach camping loads of times, but I've never been as scared as I was that night. I took a report from a wild camper. I think it was two wild campers, actually. One where he had a metal kettle in his camp, um, cast iron kettle, and whatever was came to visit, uh, squashed that kettle. So you'd have to be incredibly um, strong to do that. And the second one that I'm thinking about, that it was incredibly spooky, the gentleman was in, in a similar situation where he needed to... Uh, to Use a tree, call of nature, shall we call it? And he got out to do that. And he saw Eyeshine himself. He got back in the tent, tried getting him back to self, back to sleep. And the next thing you know, an hand, uh, large hand, as he described it, goes between the ground sheet and the tent, obviously underneath him. And he was absolutely terrified. And I'll bring that account to you uh, in a further video. Now we moved to Ben McDewey in Scotland, 1940. Many people have written their accounts of a strange creature on Ben McDewey, and some of them are world famous. One of the tallest creature accounts here in the UK comes from that very place, taken by a gentleman called Richard Frey. He told of a friend of his who had decided to spend a night camping on the top of the mountain in 1940. Trying to sleep in his tent near the cairn, he began to suffer a feeling of morbidity and a sense of unreality, but finally fell asleep. He woke up in the moonlight, shining through the gap in his tent, and suddenly realised that he could see something brownish standing between himself and the moon. Horrified, he froze and waited for the thing to move away. And when he did, he looked out of he looked out into the brilliant moonlight and saw a large brown creature swaggering away down the mountainside. 
You said the creature had an air of insolent strength about it. Incredibly, he estimated the height of the thing to be 20 feet tall and described it as having an erect posture, broad shoulders and a tapering waist. Now, one of the areas of shelter on Ben McDewey is a small place called the Shelter Stone. And in the same year as the brown thing was sighted, there was a very strange encounter at said stone. In 1940, while spending a summer's night between a huge block of stone on Ben McDewey Slope, known as the Shelter Stone, Scottish author R. MacDonald Robertson and a friend were awakened by the growls of Robertson's bull terrier and clearly heard the sound of crunching steps approaching them along the gravel path leading to the stone, until abruptly they faded away again and the dog relaxed. On 26th September 2006, a gentleman made this report. I was climbing back down Ben McDewey in May 1988 when I experienced the footsteps phenomenon mentioned by others. It was pretty misty and I was alone, but it was like something was behind me. Only 10 metres or so, keeping track of me. I backtracked to see if anyone was there. I didn't see anything, but it was weird enough to scare me, particularly as the sounds occurred both when I was moving or stationary. It was only I have to told this story to a Glasgow cousin years later that I first heard about the grey man. So if you're out wild camping or holidaying with the family this month, keep a sharp eye out on the woodlands and a keen ear on the wind. If you hear crunching of feet in the gravel or shade, shale or see something fleeting across the path in front of you as you walk, please get in touch and we will share your story in the hopes of finding more witnesses to these strange encounters. Or if you would like to join and become a member, just get in touch at debbiehatswell at gmail.com. So, until next time, thank you all very much. Good night. Leftovers. Or the DMV. Number 97. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.